Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord this evening? Amen. I'm once again grateful to God, me and my family. We are grateful to God for His mercy and also thankful and grateful to God for the leadership of the Bread of Life Fellowship, for having invited us to be able to come and see the goodness and the mercy and the faithfulness of God in the land of the living. Amen. Praise the Lord. This, this uh, pulpit is <laughs> too low. So sometimes for me to see, it's a little difficult. May God give us the grace. Amen. I'm, I'm continuing with what I started yesterday. Yesterday we shared on uh, Acts, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4. Today we'll be looking into chapter 5. And there could be uh, repetitions here and there. So I, I just ask you to... Uh, bear with me, because sometimes if we are reminded again and again with the word of God, it's always good, because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God. Amen? Just want us to have a flashback of what I shared uh, as an introduction yesterday. You know, the book of Acts of the Apostles, which I said uh, it would have been appropriate, the scholars say, if it, would have, if it was named the Acts of the Holy Spirit, it would have been better. But still, uh, God doesn't make mistake. God is a spirit, and therefore he, he always operates through men. And uh, the Holy Spirit you cannot see, but the apostles, you could, they could see and their names could be remembered. And therefore, you know, God, the Holy Spirit worked through them. And therefore, it still stands appropriate, the book of Acts, as the Acts of the Apostles. And I said, it's an orderly account written by a medical doctor, a well-qualified medical doctor. And the key event that we see in the Acts of the Apostles is the birth of the Pentecost, or the day of Pentecost, where the power to witness and thus fulfill the task of evangelizing the whole world was probably possible only through the, uh, the Pentecost. And then the key characteristic is the filling of the Holy Spirit, which is commonly referred there as being filled with the Holy Spirit or being full of the Holy Spirit. So in the book of Acts, Pentecost was ignited and I said yesterday, the ripples of that ignition continues to keep on going round and round. It was yesterday, it is today, and it shall continue to be until the consummation of this age, until the time that the Lord himself will descend down to meet us in the air, where the saints, those that are saved and continue to live a life of being saved, will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. So with that as a background, let me read for you from the Holy Scriptures. Chapter 5. I'll read for you quickly from verses 12. It's a long chapter. I wanted to cut it and read somewhere towards the last, but I said no. Let's read from 12. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5 from verse 12. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the, none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on the beds and coaches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, your multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Then the high priest rose up and all those who were with him, 
which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, I don't know whether, <laughs> whether I'm seen. Anyway, thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. And hallelujah. Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and, and taught. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison that securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found the, no one inside. Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. Then one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. Remember that word. Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and took counsel to kill them. Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in respect by all the people, and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Judas rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from this man and let them alone, for if this plan of, or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. And they agreed with him, and when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we bow down our heads and pray? Gracious Father, we stand in awe of you this evening. And Lord, we are grateful to you, O God, that you began centuries ago thousands of years ago, continues, O oh God, my Master, and we see your faithfulness in our lives and even in the testimony that we heard just a few minutes ago, O oh Father. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are a good God, O oh Father. 
and your mercy endures forever and for all the generations to come, O God. Father, I pray, may your word find an abiding place in the hearts of each and every one of us, O God. Father, may your word, O Father, kindle our spirits, O God. Quicken our spirits, O God. Strengthen, O God, our feeble uh, hands and our weak knees, O God, to stand in the power of the Holy Spirit, O God. And minister, O oh God. Father, I pray, may your word bring conviction, conversion, transformation, healing, and deliverance this day, O oh Father. Thank you, Lord. In, in Jesus' name we pray. And in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. In the text that I read for you this evening, we see that God confirmed the word through healing, deliverance, signs, and miracles. Then we see men, people, many people came to faith. That means many and many people were coming to faith. Though they were threatened, but many people were coming to faith. Then we see as, you know, faith increases in the lives of the people, as witnessing continues, as more people are being added to the church and to the kingdom of God, persecution also mounts up. Then we see that the witnessing did not stop. Nothing could stop them. That which of God began, no one can stop it. So it continued. Then we see that the effective discipleship started among them. Effective discipleship started among them. Now, again, we need to remember the context that we started. All this successively, one after the other, happened. Remembering the key event that, you know, the Pentecost was birthed or Pentecost was ignited. And from there, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them. They were filled, they were baptized, and they were filled, and they continued to move on ministering. And then we see the, the context is that the man, you know, the lame man, this lame man who was seated at the beautiful gate, I mean, born crippled from his mother's womb. And when Peter and John saw him, and then they said to him that they would give him, not what he's expecting, but they would give him what they have. And they had Jesus, and they had the power of the Holy Spirit, and they said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. And when they gave him a helping hand, this guy popped up like popcorn. The guy who was in four, now he's standing on two. And that sparked a problem. Now, when such a thing happens, Tell me what should happen. People should get excited. And people should get, you know, uh, really marvel to see God at work, even in the midst of God's people. But some were excited, and some really saw the power and the presence of God, and some saw that, you know, God is at work even in the midst, even at that time. But for the religious people and for some of the others, you know, they were not happy at all. Persecution takes various forms. Sometimes the person who receives a miracle himself gets persecuted. You remember in John 9 when this blind man gets healed. They call and ask him and they said, give glory to God. This man is a sinner because he has done something that should not be done on a Sabbath day. But I really love the testimony or the witnessing of that blind man. He just got his sight. And you know what did he say? He said, you know, you people know the law. So you figure out whether you should minister on a, a Sabbath day or not. But one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. I was blind, but now I see. I remember there was a... a, a a Hindu boy at that time, now he's a man and he's a pastor in Pune by name Prakash. I think his surname is Pagre or something. I don't remember the surname. His name was Prakash. He was diagnosed for arthritis of the heart, that which slowly, you know, tightens the limbs and all and cripples him. And then gradually as this condition, you know, matures in somebody's life, you know, they become so stiff and then maybe confined to one corner and not be able to move about the limbs much. 
And they say because he comes from a kind of Brahmin family, now they sought the help of their gods. Amen? Now our brothers were time and again trying to say, we have got 33 crore gods. Okay, I think 10 million is one crore. Okay, 10 lakhs is 1 million and 10 million is 1 crore. So 33 crore gods. Amen? Now, know this. The book of Revelation says that the dragon swept one third of the stars of the heaven. Amen? Now, one third according to the book of Revelation, you know, they say in, uh, there's no millions in Greek. That, that's why when it's translated, it says thousands upon thousands, ten thousands upon ten thousands. So the number is very, very vast. And when the dragon swept one third means that the devil, you know, Lucifer, he did not fight with God alone. There was a good number of them joined with them. And when he swept, I mean, the word swept, in, you know, symbolically means he brought them along with him. So they say when the dragon swept one third of it, all that one third fell nowhere but in India. <laughs> so that's why <laughs> all that one third fell in India. So that's why we have got 33 crore because our, 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 our 33 33.3 is one third of 100, isn't it? So therefore, all that 33 crore are there in, 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 our, in our country. So they went to seek the help of their gods. And sometimes, according to their ritual, they need to bathe their, bathe their gods in milk and sometimes with cream and things like that. And therefore, this cost when they go, you know, they need to borrow. They kept on borrowing. They kept on borrowing. And finally, what happened? They really became, you know, uh, personally bankrupt because they, they had a lot of loans and they, it was very, very difficult, but there was no answer to that. And since all the people at home went to work and some went to school and all that, he was almost invalid, stiff and sitting in one corner. And two girls, looking very pruny and skinny, they came there, they were, they were going from door to door evangelism. So in the door to door evangelism, when they came there to his door, they knocked at the door, he said, yes, yes, open and then they just pushed the door and they saw him. They said, uh, we came to tell you about Jesus. Though this fellow was stiff, sitting stiff, he had such a hatred for Jesus Christ. He said, get lost. Go away from here. No Jesus. Go away from here. They said, okay, we are going, but before going, can we pray? We will pray. I said, okay, pray and quickly go. So they asked him, when well, I mean, they, they saw that he was stiff and they could not move. So they just prayed for him and then they left and he said, thank God they left and as they left, this fellow became alright. As they left, this guy got alright. So suddenly he started, he says, I mean, like, you know, you see this bionic man and all, no, in the TV, you know, tuck, 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 one, one thing, start. and then he started walking and he started moving. Then he went to look out for them. Where are they? By the time they are gone, oh, I don't know whether they were angels. <laughs> Just gone up. We do not know who they were. He missed them. And then after that, he knew that this Jesus must be God. And this Jesus should be God. So therefore, when he wanted to, you know, when he wanted to follow Jesus Christ, there was such a persecution, they threw him out of the house. They really threw him out of the house. But... God is faithful. Amen. God is faithful. He went out and some people kept him. I think of Sister Selina who was here before, Cecil's wife. You know, they, uh, the parents also helped and probably sheltered him or arranged something and all. And then from there he grew up to become a pastor. And one point day, his father received a word. There's a young man coming from a Hindu background. God is doing signs and wonders through him. And God is using him mightily. And then he was excited. What is the name of that man? And when they said the name, the father kept quiet with the, his head down because that was his son. So sometimes persecution starts even for the one who has received a miracle from the Lord. I remember my brother talking about a lady. My brother's an evangelist, you all know. I mean, God is using him with signs and wonders. And he was telling about a lady from our neighbor's faith. And I hope you understand my term when I say this. A lady from our neighbor's faith. This lady had a condition. 
in the night she and husband sleep a small house they sleep together a husband and wife the husband is fast asleep in the night he doesn't hear anything he doesn't know anything only she hears a knock on the door in the middle of the night and then she gets up and goes and opens the door and then the spirit comes in and the spirit comes in to sleep with her leaving her in the morning with pain and agony and bleeding pain agony and bleeding so it's a it's a severe condition i don't know whether it was happening uh, periodically or regularly but it was a real very bad case so they went you know from pillar to post to find a solution and a deliverance for her and nowhere they could be helped so we used to have a prayer meeting in our house those days and somebody said go to the house they will pray they have a prayer meeting they'll pray and this lady and her husband came and they were sitting and after the prayer meeting they asked you know who are you and uh, what i mean is what what kind of help do you need and what do you want and they explained the condition and my brother said just prayed for them in faith just prayed for them in faith and they said go that lady went and again came back after sometimes to say that the spirit never returned back again that the spirit never came back again but this lady came to know that this jesus must be god and if he is god then he should be honored and worshiped so when she said that i want to go persecution started because from her own husband and from her own people see as long as she was suffering and going through that pain and agony and bleeding everybody was okay running around here and there but when jesus does something then the persecution starts off i said yesterday as long as you talk about god there's no problem anywhere in this world but the moment you take the name of jesus i don't know that people are not happy and then this lady was really persecuted and she heard about water baptism she wanted to do take water baptism and then it was becoming very severe one day when her husband had traveled on work she came running to my brother and said i heard that i need to be baptized and, and i want to be baptized please some of my husband is not there get me baptized and i want to go home and my brother said that they helped her after that they did not see her there are cases like that there's a gypsy woman that got uh, that got healed and saw the miracle of god and therefore when somebody was sick she called a village pastor to come and uh, minister to the person and when he went to minister to them the locals got up and beat him up so badly that he, he, he his head was really hit so persecution takes various things sometimes the person who gets miracle gets persecuted so who receives a miracle sometimes you know the religious people are not happy and sometimes those that minister to these people and they get persecuted and it's very sad sometimes to see we don't have much problem from the heathens but we have more problem from the denomination and our own people you know who sometimes ignorantly become tools in the hands of the enemy for persecution when we newly started here in our faith but i got saved in oman i also came here you know for more money and for a better life that's what the thing that i had in mind and i came and god caught hold of me too quickly i'll tell you something that happened when i came here i came on the 6th of april and then i got saved in july by september i got water baptized so after i came after one month a law was issued in the papers that below 25 no one can enter the country i mean if you were below 25 you cannot come for work permit i was 24 when i came in and when you come in they can't do anything because you're already in i was 24 when i came in and the law came one month after i came in i remember that time we used to read tl osborne's book somebody had given and the man was mightily used by god and that i think he had he was once invited to a place probably i think it's in nigeria and when he came there to preach in those good old days there was a big stadium that was uh, rented up for him to preach there and uh, just be- before his meeting could start the meeting would start in the evening early morning he got up as per his us- usual routine and he went for jogging and when he went for jogging there again he saw a man of our neighbor's faith on his fours on his four or i mean four on his fours invalid just walking on his fours and then the holy spirit spoke to him pray for this guy 
And there was, he was somewhere near the hotel as he was jogging and he's coming. He saw that man and he prayed for him. That man again popped up. He jumped up. And he was walking on his two. The guy who was on four, now walking on two. People were excited, people were happy, and people really glorified God. But the witch doctors that were around there, they were mad at it. And they said, no way your meetings can continue. We will see how your meeting will continue. We will bring down rain. And we will see that your meeting will not continue. But God is faithful. Amen. In the end, Jesus wins. In the end, Jesus wins. And that's how you are set free. So instead of glorifying God, this ritualistic Jews, when the Bible says Jews, it does not mean all the Jews or all the children of Israel. When he talks about the Jews that were hostile to the gospel, he basically refers, in the Bible, especially when John talks about it, he basically refers to the, the people in, in Jerusalem and Judea. Because that's where the seat of Judaism was there. That's what the highest council was there. He's not talking about all the children of Israel. Because all the Galileans were very favorable to Jesus. And he had a good ministry. And as our sister said this morning, that most of the Galileans, these were all Galileans. And, uh, and they were also, you know, John's uh, uh, disciples. Even before they came and joined. Most of them were John's disciples, even before they joined. So this religious, ritualistic people, when they saw that, they, that they, their religious ritual would be disturbed, and you know, they, they, when they saw that this is going to affect them, then they mounted up persecution. Because their business would stop, their religious business would stop. And actually, when you look at it, it's not just a religious situation, but it was also a political situation. Because Israel was under the Roman occupation, and Israelites were never happy about it, because they know that it was the promised land for them. And, when, and, and the Gentiles were ruling over them, so they were never happy, and there was always uprising there. There was always uprising there. And therefore, you see, the, the religious people have to be very careful because whenever there's religious uprisings, you know, the government would get affected and the government would take it very seriously because the government officials were also not happy because it was always a tense situation. That was the situation that they were going through. And you know, Jerusalem was the headquarter for the, uh, for the religion. And therefore, the Sanhedrin sat there. And not only they can execute you know, laws and bring into effect. But they also can be, they are so influential and powerful as Sadducees and Pharisees as Christ. They can even influence the Roman government to bring it to task like they did it to Jesus. They knew that. They can take action on the defaulters. And these were ordinary fishermen that had, that had forfeited their trade to follow Jesus. And now the religious elites are haunting them like foxes out of the holes. What would you do? See, when you look at it, we need to look at it in that context. Sometimes we don't understand, we see it, and we don't much understand. So there's, the pressure from the religious side is like this. And these people are ordinary people. What would you do? Now here you see, God has given them a mandate. Now they want to obey God, and they want to reach out. And at the same time, there's an opposition that's mounting out. All three is on the way. There's a God who's telling them to go, and they want to obey him and go, and the religious people are mounting up with them. What would you do in a situation like that? So baptism in the Holy Spirit, and to be filled with the Holy Spirit, is not just to sit in our comfort, enjoy our pleasure and comfort in AC during summer, and, and in the and warmth during the winter, it is for you to fulfill the Great Commission. It was not easy for them. It's not going to be easy for us as well. But to be filled with the Holy Spirit and just sitting and not doing anything is no use and no good to anyone. God wants us to be able to fulfill the Great Commission and to be able to go about. So I've taken three or four points and, and I, want, I, I want to put it under that. Filled to fill the church. I told you our context is the birth of the Pentecost and the power that came through Pentecost to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So they were filled with the Holy Spirit to fill the church. Acts 1.8 
when the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, you shall receive power and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Holy Spirit baptism is to give you that kind of power to be a witness to the ends of the earth. You may say, I didn't study theology. I don't know my, the Bible very much. I just know something here and there. How can I do it? How can I be able to do it? Now the Holy Spirit equips you to be a witness. It, how much theology you need to know or how much of Bible you need to know. It's good to know theology or it's good to know the Bible. Everybody cannot go to the Bible college. But God has called us to be witnesses for Him. To go and witness for Him. Now, when I was in Abu Dhabi uh, last year, there's a, uh, a Chinese-American by name William Lau from Texas. We had invited him because we got to know that he teaches on uh, healing. And he follows the principle of Luke 10, I think, uh, Luke 10, uh, Luke 10 and 9, I think, Luke 10, 9. He says, go heal the sick and tell them that the kingdom of God has come. Go heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come. So when I was talking to him, he said, you know, they, when, he, when he came to the Lord, he said, I did not read the Bible. I was just reading little, little here and there. But there was a burning desire for us to go. And his wife is a, a what do you call, Indo Chinese, uh, Indonesian, Chinese, Indonesian, American now. So they said they, they were led to go back, go to Indonesia. So I, I asked him, how did you go to the, the, that country? Because, you know, the, the, the country's main faith is different. So he said, no, we were led by the Lord to go. So they went into uh, the villages that are very close to the jungle, somewhere deep in. And the scripture that God gave them is, go heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come. So when they went there and they, when they saw the invalid people, they asked, what's your problem? And when they told them, they prayed for him, they were healed. And after they were healed, they were begin to preach the gospel. Be, and we need not worry about how much we know, but we need to be a witness for Jesus Christ. We need to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says, those that believe, those that believe, he says, you'll speak in unknown tongues. You shall cast out demons in my name. You shall lay hand upon the sick and, and they will recover. And if you come across, or if, if you're confronted with any uh, snakes, I mean, God will take care of you. And even if they administer some poison to you, again, God will take care of you. And these are the, this is the power that God has said that God will give it to you. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, and when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it is God's ability to do God's work in God's strength and not your strength. That's what God, God enables us to do. Once I was telling uh, Pastor Reddy, uh, when I was here in Oman, I said, nothing happens these days. Why? He said, nothing happens when we are sitting. When we go out there, go out there and see something happens. And I didn't understand that because we were here and we were sitting here and we were in the church. But when I went back and I became an itinerant preacher and I had to travel, I, I went once to Gujarat. I was a place called Daud. And there, you know, after, after you share and after you finish preaching, they will announce, uh, if anybody wants healing, if anybody wants prayer, the pastor is there to minister to you, you can come. And I was standing to pray for them. Sometimes you have language problem. They understand Hindi, but not very well. So when you ask them, they come and stand in a big queue. You ask them what, what, you, what, can, what, what you want prayer for. They will tell you. So what she's telling is, my head is paining. My chest is paining and my knees. There's some Most of the cases are like that. So lay hands and just pray in faith. Not even some 30 seconds you pray for the person. After you're praying for the person, you tell them, do what you could not do. And the person starts doing something. And they say, take eyes off, take eyes off. What they mean is, Whoa, I mean, I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm healed, I'm healed. I got confused. I mean, not in 30 seconds, you just prayed for this fellow. Saying, he said, simply don't tell me something. You tell me what has happened to you. He said, no, I'm healed, sir. Then you pray for the next person. That person says, I'm healed. Pray for the third person. Person says, okay. Again you pray because he's saying, fine, little. Okay, you pray for the little. Little is okay. And I experienced that, that when you go and when you pray, when you go there in the fields, God's grace follows you. And our brother testified in the morning 
that when you go into the field, God's grace follows you. Today I want to ask you, after you have believed, did you receive the Holy Spirit? The earlier disciple, Paul, whenever he went and met the disciple, this is what he asked in, in Ephesians chapter, also you see 519, I think. He asked, I mean, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Because I told you the pattern they followed. They would not leave any Christian unless he's baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because it's not complete unless he's baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because God wants us to be witnesses. He doesn't want us to be just sitting around and warming chairs somewhere. But God wants us to be witnesses. So have you received the Holy Spirit since you have believed? If yes, my question is for what? For what have you received the Holy Spirit? Do you share your faith with people? Do you look for opportunities to share your faith with people? Do you volunteer to pray for people? And then volunteer to pray for your own circle of people, I mean, who are sick and who are afflicted, who are going through one difficulty or the other. And I don't think there's any objection for that when you tell someone, can I pray for you? I mean, if somebody says, I'm sick, I'm not well, can I pray for you? And I'll tell you one thing. When you pray and ask God to open doors, God does miracles. You'll be surprised how God opens doors for you to minister. You'll be surprised how he brings people uh, uh, across you. I have seen that. Expectedly look for opportunities to minister. Because we see Peter and John in the third chapter of Acts that they were going to pray as their routine. But when they saw this lame man sitting there, and this, their desire is to see that this man could get healed and to heal this man. And the desire b- brought forth healing into that man. And that was for them an added milestone in, in working for the enlargement of God's kingdom and, and, and fulfilling God's, uh, God, God, um, God's commission. Are you the only one saved in your house while your spouse and the others are not saved? Are you the only one saved and most of your family members are not saved? Don't worry. Just start praying for them. Take it as a challenge. Write down this day and time. Just start praying for them. You'll be surprised in the days to come how God, uh, how God interferes in their lives and how God touches them and brings them to faith. Psalm 2 says, Ask the nations for thy inheritance and the ends of the earth for thy possession and I'll give them to you. If God could challenge the children of Israel to ask for the nations, how much more when you ask for your loved ones, your spouse or your, your, your children or your relatives and your near and dear ones. How much more God is able to give you when you ask for it. When, the, when God challenges you to ask, for the nations, when you ask for even some few people, God will definitely give it to you. And the second thing that I've taken is filled to face the opposition. Filled. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And, the, and to be filled with the Holy Spirit is also to face the opposition. Because God makes it, prepares you to, to confront them. Because the Bible says, when Jesus was baptized... And when, when the heavens were opened and when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So that means when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are also prone for opposition. You are also prone for, you know, persecution. See, they have a mandate from the Lord himself. That they need to preach the gospel, starting at Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. They know that the Lord had trusted them, and therefore he had entrusted the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ into their hands for the evangelization of the whole earth. So that means that the, the task is a mammoth task. It's a very, very big task that was given to them. And the Lord has to equip also to do that mammoth task. The one thing when I was looking this morning, I was reminded about this is, how can you do a task, a big task, that it's not possible by man? Then, God, then the Holy Spirit reminded me, to me about Elijah. You know, after Elijah confronted the prophets of Baal, and he finished with them, he tells his servant to go and tell Ahab, tell him to 
um, tell him to go, uh, uh, go up and eat and drink. So when Ahab went, to, he went up to eat and drink, then he tells his servant, go towards the sea and see if you, what, what you could see. So six times he goes and he sees nothing. He comes and tells, I saw nothing. On the seventh time, he, he sees and he comes back. And he says, I saw the uh, cloud to the size of the palm of a man's hand. And then he tells, go tell Ahab to prepare his chariot and go to Jezreel before a heavy rain would stop him. And then he says, when, when, Elijah, when, when Ahab took up his chariot and went away, then it says, Elijah tucked his garment and he ran ahead of Ahab to Jezreel. Now tell me, can a man run faster than a horse? Come on, oh. Can a man run faster than a horse? If it is not the Holy Spirit, then how could he run? Amen? So the Holy Spirit can give you some unusual kind of power and ability that you can do the work that he has called you to do. Now the question is, whom to fear? The authorities too were not ordinary people. They were not ordinary people. They were powerful people, influential people. These are the guys who tried Jesus a few years ago and saw that they got him crucified. And they are so powerful that they even shook Pilate out of his frame. That even Pilate got scared of him. These are the five people they are confronting. But when they came to a situation like that, they remembered the words of Jesus, which says in Ma 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 Matthew 10, 28, you know, don't fear those that can only kill your body and cannot do anything with your soul. But fear him who can not only kill your body and soul and cast them into hell. So they knew that, you know, this fear, this thing will not, nothing to worry about. Because they need to fear God. And because they know they have seen Jesus coming, uh, I mean, rising from the dead. They have seen him with, his own, with, with their own eyes after he rose from the dead and when he met them. Now they can see into the face of death and laugh at it and nothing can shake them. Doesn't matter how powerful they are. Doesn't matter how influential they are. Doesn't matter how elite they are. They have a task that's given by God and that they want to do it. The more and more a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, it becomes bolder. To, it becomes bolder and bolder. Now you see how the persecution also comes. In verse 19 of our text, we see this one. The angel of the Lord, when they're put in prison, sets them free and tells them, go next day and stand in the temple and preach the gospel. And then when they go and do it, the persecution comes on the way. So that means if the, if the angel can set them free from a closed prison, can, can, uh, I mean, God cannot avoid them being persecuted through any kind, of, any kind of situation. God is able to do it. But God will not do it because persecution is a part of our ministry. Persecution is a part, part of, our, a part of our, our, our call. And then he says, they, they all are called to be witness. They, they say one thing, you know, you have filled all of Jerusalem with your doctrine. By their witnessing, they have filled it. And in their witnessing, you know, what they have done, you know, they, they, a witness will talk about what he knows and what he has seen and what he has heard. So they are constantly and timely and again telling them, this Jesus Christ whom you got murdered by hanging him on the tree. God raised him up to be a prince and a, and a savior. And he is giving repentance to all of them. To, to Israel, he is giving forgiveness and repentance. And God has been faithful in doing that from that time even in, until today. And if people are coming to the Lord even now, because God is granting them repentance and God is also granting them the forgiveness. They were filled to be boldly witness for the Lord. They were filled to boldly witness for the Lord. Acts 5.12 The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. You know, they asked God for one thing. They, they, they told God, they didn't tell God, take away persecution. They, did, they didn't tell him, you know, to stop this thing to happen. They said, God, give us the boldness to speak. 
Give us the boldness to speak. And you see how God has heard the prayer. It says, no, the prayer was, give us the boldness to speak. And they said, you stretch forth your hand to heal the sick and to perform signs and miracles. I was wondering, why did they tell God to do that? Is that the right kind of prayer they need to pray? I believe that they want, they want God to do it, not for them. But God will only do it through them. Amen? God will only do it through them. But God has answered more than their prayer. Here it says, you know, many miraculous signs and wonders among the people were performed. They, what, what they asked for God in prayer, God gave it to them. They knew that there would be persecution. They said, don't, they didn't pray for taking out persecution. They said, give us the boldness. And God gave them the boldness to speak. Another thing that we see here is, you know, they, all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. You know, when they were united, when God's people are united, there is an unusual power that comes when God's people are united. If you read Psalm 133, it says, How good and pleasant it is for brethren to live together in unity. Let me read that for you quickly. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, Aaron's beard, running down on the edge of his skirts. For it's like dew on Ermon, descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Amen. When brothers, brethren live together in peace and harmony, there is always an unusual power, an unusual grace, an unusual favor of God. They're always together. And then it says, there were many dared not to join them, but at the same time, many believed in the Lord and were added to the church. As a result, people were brought, sick people were brought, even expecting that if Peter would pass by their side, his shadow would touch and heal them. And those kind of miracles were also taking place. For doing this, they get arrested the second time. First time we saw they got arrested, and now they were getting arrested the second time. And they say that they should not be doing this anymore again. And when they, when they get them together, they say one thing. You have filled all Jerusalem with this doctrine of yours. Can you imagine the religious elite people, teachers of law, telling ordinary fishermen, you have filled all of Jerusalem with your doctrine. I mean, does it excite you when you hear that? They didn't have transport system that we have. They, they started very early in the morning and ended very early in the evening. They didn't have telephone system that you have. They didn't have electricity, electricity supply, power supply and facility that you have. They didn't have the water supply that you and I had. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have Twitter. They didn't have anything. They had nothing. People have to just walk, truck wherever they have to go. Only the very elite people probably went on horseback. Very, very rich people. Otherwise, everyone had to walk. And can you hear them being told, you have filled all of Jerusalem with, this, with, this doc, with your doctrine. How they could have done that? How they could have done that? How they could have done that? If it was not being filled by the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that made them to reach even to the places that they could not reach. How faithful are we today? We have 101 forwards and devotions we are receiving. We have so many facilities. We are so advanced. And we are in the 21st century. How much are we moving when these people are just few people have reached and filled all of Jerusalem with their doctrine. Pray to the Lord and ask Him to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Ask God to give you strength. Ask God to give you the ability. Ask God to give you souls. Ask God to open doors. God is able to do. Amen? Because these guys have taken the word of Jesus very seriously. 
they took it very, very seriously. Go and preach the gospel to every creature. Go and tell them that, you know, repentance and remission of sins is only in the name of Jesus. To the Gentiles, they were saying, there is no other name given under heaven by which a man shall be saved except the name of Jesus. To the Jews, time and again, they were saying, this Jesus whom you people got crucified in your ignorance, God has raised him from the dead. And there is salvation in no other name except that name. And God has raised him up to be a prince and to be a savior. And he is giving repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. And if you can only see, and if you can only know, if you can only understand, you can receive it. Amen. They are taking it so very seriously to do what God had told them to do. And also we see, nowadays, you know, we only look for corporate worship where we can come and sit down and then we go away. But in the weekdays, if, if there's any free time, then we come for Bible study and that's all. After that, we don't do anything. Many of us are always receiving, receiving, and there's no outlet. They say the Dead Sea keeps on receiving. It's dead because there's no way to, for it to give it away. But whereas the Sea of Galilee, it not only receives, but it also gives. And therefore, there's a very rich marine life there. And there's life for fish and for birds and so many things that go around and flying and the sea animals and the plants that go around. So if we are Christians that we are filled with the Holy Spirit and just sitting to come for a corporate worship on a, on a Friday and thereafter come for Bible study whenever it's free and after if it's not free we are not coming then we become like Dead Sea then we are not productive because we are only receiving and we are not being able to give. But if we, we are willing to give what we receive, whatever teachings we have received, and we are willing to pray for others, we are willing to share our faith, when we are willing to look for opportunities, then we become like the Sea of Galilee that is filled with rich marine life. I saw in the UAE when I was there, they come on a weekdays, and then we need to give them all challenging messages, and just encourage them, and they go away, you call them for prayer, they are not there. You call them for something, most of the time they are not to be found. But every time they come, you know, asking for prayer, you know, to help them, to challenge them, you know, God will meet a need, God will take care of you, God will supply all your needs, God will provide for you, don't worry about your job, your job will be taken care. Only people want to hear that. And I want to tell you, Gulf people, please don't be thinking on those things. If you are on God's mandate here, if it's God's will for you to be here, and then no one can send you away. No one can send you away. God will see that you are kept here. But if it's God's will for you to go, He will not send you empty. Always remember that there is something greater there waiting for you. Amen. He, he showed you that this thing in the morning. You see thousands of people sitting there. Our brother was showing in the morning, you know, in the workers' uh, um, meet. Uh, they were showing thousands of people there. I mean, God pulls out a man and, and gives him, you know, a ocean there. God doesn't do mistakes. God doesn't do any mistakes. God is always on time and God is always perfect. Amen. What re resolution would you make today? What resolution would you make today after hearing the Lord speak to you? Is your life too like the other Christians? Do you want to continue like those Christians who want to just sit and go? Or you want it to be different? Will you make a resolution in your life today that I want to be a different Christian today? I want to be a praying Christian. I want to be a witnessing Christian. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to, I want to challenge God. God, give me souls. God, open doors for me. God, give me faith. God, help me. Would you want to tell that to the Lord today? Long time ago, we, uh, we were praying for Oman to be the doorway for the gospel in the Gulf. There's a reason for that when you meet I'll tell you separately please don't give up on that prayer please don't give up on the prayer we are on the last days and God is going to do unusual miracles God is going to do unusual miracles and you will be surprised how God is going to use you 
in, in, the, in the book of Acts, we saw they prayed for great, of Acts 4, they prayed for great boldness to speak and God gave it to them. They asked God to stretch forth and heal and to do unusual signs and wonders. God did it for them. Will we today ask the same thing? Will we today be able to ask the same thing? They did what they said they would do. They said, God, give us the boldness to speak. And they continue to speak. Even if they are in lockup, the angel opens it out. They come and speak. And again, if they put it inside, they go back again. They spoke the word of God boldly. They, what they said, God, they would do, they did. Many of us say many things to God and we don't do after God answers our prayer. God confirmed his word through the healing, deliverance and signs and wonders. Many people came to faith. Persecution mounted them. Witnessing did not stop. And the last one that I want to say is effective discipleship started. He says you filled your teaching. Your doctrine means teaching effectively. You filled your doctrine with the whole of Jerusalem. And the Bible also says in the same text, people from outside Jerusalem were already started coming to hear the gospel. That means God, the Jerusalem was already filled with the gospel. The next step would be all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. How faithful is God? Amen? How faithful is God? How faithful is God? They were making dependable disciples, not just proselytes. They were making dependable disciples. I want to say this one thing and I want to close. I heard this from um, late Pastor Theodore Williams in one of his cassettes when I was listening. He says there was a pastor and in his pastorate there was a cook who used to serve him and cook for him. And the pastor was time to retire. So he said, when I'm retiring, this man, this, uh, this cook's name was Dawood. So he told him, you know, he thought, before going, let me tell about salvation to Dawood and get him uh, saved. So when he was walking that side, he said, Dawood, I want to talk to you. And then he said, he said, my term is over. I would be going away. So I felt that I need to tell you the truth and get you to, I mean, get you saved. He said, yes, yes, pastor. I too was thinking about it. So he said he got him saved and then he got him, I mean, he got him baptized and he told him one thing, you can eat meat all throughout the year, but during the Lent time, Lent season, see that you don't eat meat because it's a Lent time. He said, okay, pastor, that's a simple thing. I will, I will obey and I'll keep it. So when the, when the time of Lent came and the pastor was just walking near the kitchen, he felt a good aroma of, uh, you know, uh, meat being cooked. So he said, what is this? It's a Lent season. And then he said, Tawad, what did you cook today? He said, I have cooked vegetables. He said, are you sure? He said, yes, I cooked vegetables. Come and show me. He took him inside, and when he opened the vessel and took the spoon and stirred it, they were all chicken pieces. He said, what, Tawad? You cook chicken and you're telling me lies? He said, come on, pastor, let's come to turn. You told me that you want me to get saved. And after that, you sprinkled little water on me. And you said, you are no longer Dawood, but now you are David. So I cooked this chicken. I also sprinkled some water. And I said, you are no longer chicken, you are vegetable. <laughs> That's proselytization. You are just proselytizing somebody. I mean, they were not proselytizing people. They were making dependable disciples. Amen? Not like this, you know, you sprinkle and make something out of it. They were making disciples. Amen? Will you make a resolution today to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be effective for the Lord Jesus Christ, to be, to be a part of the Great Commission and want to reach out and then do the task and the mission that God has given to each one of us. Amen? Those of you who wanted to commit yourself, you can please stand up. Shall we pray? Those of you who want to make a commitment, please stand up. If you want to be, do what God wants you to do. Please stand up wherever you are. Let me pray for you. Just talk to God. Just talk to God. Just talk to God. Just talk to Him. Tell Him. What you, want, what you want to do for him. Quickly speak to him. The Bible says, don't make a woe unto the Lord if you cannot keep it. So don't go for big, big things. As the Holy Spirit helps you, just talk to the Lord and commit yourself before we pray. 
And if anyone is sick, or if you are oppressed with any kind of demons that's troubling you in your sleep in the night, you are getting all bizarre and, and frightful dreams, we'll pray for you today. If you're having any kind of ailment, even if there's stone in the kidneys, stone in the gallbladder, or stone in the pancreas, God will touch you today. God will touch you today. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, I thank you for your children, O God. Lord, these brothers and sisters of mine, O God, who have stood up, O Master, Lord, to identify themselves, O Master, and tell you, God, here we are, O Lord, take me, O God, Break me, mold me, fill me, and use me, O God. Father, I pray, O God, if anyone is here who is not baptized in the Holy Spirit, Father, I pray they will seek help from the elders, O God, to lead them, O Master, O God, into the way how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, O God. Father, I pray, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray those that are, Lord, baptized but not filled, O God, I pray that you will fill them, O God, even as they stand to make this resolution and this commitment in their life, O Master. Father, I pray that their life will never be the same, O God. Their life will change, O God, to bring effect, O God, in the kingdom of God, O Master. Lord, I also pray, O God, for those that are sick here, O Master. Joint pain, knee pain. Lord, even if they're suffering from any kind of arthritis, stones in the kidneys, pancreas, gallbladders, anybody's having any kind of bizarre and frightful dreams that the demons are haunting them, any power of witchcraft or sorcery, I break its yoke over their life in Jesus' name. I command every stone in the kidneys to come out in Jesus' name. Be healed and be whole for the Lord heals you. Receive a healing. Receive a healing. Receive a miracle and be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.